Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You're listening to Straight Note Chaser on Dogs by Nature. I earned that one. I, I said it after the, after the game on the field. I think that was the worst game I've played uh, out of the five so far. But... Uh, Got to get better. Lots to learn from, but we leaned on that defense, and uh, we got the yards when we needed it. That's a good team we just played, and the good thing about it is we don't have to learn from a loss. Uh, we can get better after a win. So, you know, just the mindset of trying to be just a bunch of big, hairy American winning machines is important. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. My dogs by nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7. And you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. This Sunday at 1 p.m., Tony Romo and friends bring the party to the catch-up company as your Cleveland Browns travel to Northeast West Virginia to challenge the Steelers for first place in the AFC North. Well, to help us prepare for the towel waving and the football, we've reached out to the Mike Doctor. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is the Mike Doctor. I am the Mike Doctor. I am one-third of the three-headed monster that is known as the Sports Podium Podcast. Well, we're just three childhood friends who grew up loving and playing sports, and that's all we do is talk about sports. We talk about everything from football to badminton. And again, I'm, I'm the Mike Doctor, man. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Mike Doctor. That's T-H-E-M-I-C-D-R. And you can follow us on uh, Twitter, the Sports Podium, at Sports Podium Pod. And you can follow on Instagram at the Sports Podium Podcast. But again, I want to thank you for having me on the show, man. Let's get started with some questions. Even though you are a Steelers fan, I do find you to be an excellent follow on Twitter. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation as well as this game. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Well, I for one can't believe it's finally Steelers week. First, how confident are you feeling about your 2020 start? And have you completely turned the page from that Thursday night in 2019? Listen, I'm feeling really confident about Pittsburgh's uh, start this season in 2020. Uh, they're, look, they're 4-0. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how they got there. They're 4-0. So they're sitting in a very pretty position. They're sitting at the top of the division with no losses yet. Of course, this is a big week coming up with Cleveland, who's sitting 4-1. Uh, but... You know, it, it's it's great football. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I'm, I'm 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 just ecstatic. But as far as Pittsburgh and their 2020 season, man, I mean, you got to give it to them because the defense, for the most part, has played fairly well. Secondary's been a little bit of an issue here the past couple weeks, but if you look across the NFL, everyone's scoring a lot of points right now. So it's not like any defense is just out there shutting people down. But I do like where Pittsburgh's defense is at. It's still early in the season. And the offense is, isn't even clicking yet either. They're, they're they're getting there, you know. They're playing well and, and 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 they're looking good, but they haven't hit, you know, what they're capable of yet. So it's exciting to be four and zero to start the twenty twenty season. Um, 
you asked it, you know, and then you want to talk about did we turn the page on, you know, last Thursday in 2019, the whole month. Yeah, that's behind us. I, I, I'm sure some of the players, the Pounceys, the Garretts, the Rudolphs that were directly involved, yeah, I'm sure they'll, you know, be asked about it. I don't know how big of an issue it'll be. I wouldn't suspect that it would be. Because I would like to think the coaches would try to put all that, you know, at bay and say, hey, look, there's a new season, new time, we're moving on. Mason Rudolph isn't even going to be playing. Miles Garrett is. You know what he's going to do because of what he's capable of and what he's proven. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part, everyone's turned the page on that. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Miles Garrett is over it. I mean, personally, I wouldn't be over it if the last time I saw your stadium was from my house watching Duck Hodges dismantle my team. I think that the first five games of this year was sort of a prelude to this week for Miles. I think you're going to see an A-plus effort from that guy in this contest. Well, switching over to the offense from you guys, I thought that Deontay Johnson would shine in his sophomore campaign, but it looks like Chase Claypool has emerged as the darling of the offense. Is he for real? Listen, make no mistake about it. Deontay Johnson is the real deal, only being in his second second year. I mean, he's not an overly big wide receiver. Of course, we all know that. But the kid is special. I mean, once he gets the ball in his hands, especially in open space, he's very, very dangerous. And you see what he's capable of doing when he return, returns punts. But to talk about Claypool, has he emerged? Absolutely. You said look at the four touchdown performance against the Eagles. And he was he was matched up a lot of times against Darius Slay. Former number one pick, you know, who they picked up off of Detroit, Pro Bowl player. I mean, so he he's the real deal. I mean, when you're talking to 6'3", 6'4", 238 pounds, running a 4'4", 40, yeah, that, that's, that, that's a matchup problem for a lot of people. So, yes, he's definitely the real deal. It'll be interesting to see how moving forward, how defenses uh, try to play him when he is on the field because he was involved in end around, uh, quick wide receiver screens, uh, deep throws. So he's all over the place. So I, they, they like him. He's special. And uh, he yeah, he is the real deal. He's for real. After watching the Duck Hodges victory, <laughs> we obviously have a lot of respect for Deontay Johnson. Just surprised to see the production of Chase Claypool so early in his career. Not so sure that it bodes well for this contest, but we're definitely going to have to see. I can hardly remember the time before Big Ben. Does it seem like he's finally slowing down? How long does he have left? And what does he have left in the tank? Man, listen, before Big Ben stepped on the scene, we had Tommy Maddox, Tommy Gunn. And, and we all recall Ben's rookie year. Tommy goes down uh, early, I think, week one. And Ben goes on to, to start the rest of the year and finish the year 13-1 uh, and one as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, Ben's been at the helm for quite a long time. I think this is his 16th year, maybe 17th. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, he's been there for a long time, man. Does it seem like, like he's slowing down? Not to me. I mean, Big Ben, he still has a little bit left in the tank. I mean, I like what he's doing this year coming off that major elbow surgery. So when anytime you see that, you know, what you've seen thus far, he's thrown 10 touchdowns to one pick in four games and he's coming off that type of injury and not playing for over a year. I mean, that says something. So, yeah, I definitely like where where he's at. I don't think he's slowing down. He is, you know, getting a little long in the tooth. And so I understand that, you know, the end of his career is coming. I think Ben knows that. I will say this. If Ben and Pittsburgh wins the Super Bowl this year, I believe Ben will retire. I, I honestly believe that. If he does not, Ben will at least play another year, 
probably two, I would suspect. And and only, you know, he's flirted with, you know, retiring and not and blah, blah, blah. He's thrown it out there, you know, a few times here and there. But at the end of the day, I think Ben realizes that he has an opportunity with, with a lot of young talent on offense and a defense that that's really, really special in doing things. So I think he's going to hang around and try to get another chip. And I think Colbert and, and, and company are hoping that he chooses to do so. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll hang around. He got a little bit of juice left. Roethlisberger looks like he still has enough to get the job done, but when I watch him, he is definitely inching closer to the Phillip Rivers line. We are definitely going to have to check on this Sunday. You know, the Steelers' defense is very good again this year. We know about Watt and Minka. Who are some of the lesser-known producers on that side of the football? All right, look, some of the lesser-known, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, lesser-known, but you got to go start with Bush in the middle. Uh, Second-year pro out of the uh, University of Michigan. Pittsburgh moved up in the first round last year to get him. Uh, he's, he's been special. He's been he's been playing well. Uh, he's hadn't made any big splash plays as of yet this year. Uh, he had a few last year, a couple picks, mumbles, things of that nature. But for the most part, I mean, he's been re- relatively consistent. and I mean, he's flying under the radar a little bit um, for being a first round pick you would would like to think that you know he'd be getting a little bit more hype but he's playing well let's see some uh who some of the other lesser knowns on the defense uh, well most m- many if you follow the pittsburgh you uh, tyson alua lua former first round pick of the jaguars found his way over to pittsburgh a lot of people including myself were concerned when hargrave left go to philly at the nose spot that uh there may be a little bit of a drop-off but he's played very very well uh, i mean he's not a young young player either but you know uh, he's flying under the radar a little bit and he's playing well he's one of the lesser knowns and and then of course you always have you know your 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 alex highsmiths you know pittsburgh's third round pick who they drafted out of uh the university of charlotte uh the kid is special the kid is special he's getting some opportunities uh to play with that uh one defense He's getting in the rotation a little bit. He's special. He's going to be good. Remember that Alex Highsmith. I'm promoting him. I'm telling you, watch out for him. Definitely curious about the development of Devin Bush in the middle for you guys. Highsmith is a guy we'll keep an eye on in this contest as well. So what do you think are the key factors for determining a winner in this contest? What will the major narratives be? Who wins and what's the final score? This is going to be interesting. Of course, I'm a firm believer. Most people are that it starts up front. It starts in the trenches. So whoever wins this game is going to have to win the line of scrimmage. And, and I, I, you know, Pittsburgh's a little dinged up uh, on offensive line. David DeCastro uh, dinged up. But, you know, that, that rookie that they, out of Louisiana that they drafted, uh, Dotson, he's special too, third, fourth round. I think him and Highsmith back and forth, three, four. Uh, I don't recall specifically, but I think Dotson in the fourth round. But, yeah, he's special. So he's gotten some significant playing time so far. But, again, I think that's where it's going to have to be won. Cleveland's been relatively – fairly stout against the run Cleveland hasn't been overly that bad so that's a nice young defense uh so I I think the game has to be one up in the trenches that's going to help determine uh the winner and then it's going to come down to making plays you know it's always about making plays who can make the most plays what Cleveland doesn't need Baker to do is make mistakes right because every time Baker tries to do too much he he turns the ball over so they don't need Baker to make mistakes. Pittsburgh, Ben, he doesn't need to make mistakes. And he, like I said earlier, this year so far, 10 touchdowns to one interception. So he's been relatively safely handling the football when it's been in his hands. And so I'd expect him to continue to be able to do that. 
him and the young wide receivers make a few plays, hopefully get a little bit of the running game going. We'll see what happens. Now, Cleveland, they got to stop the run. Cleveland has got to stop the run. If they could stop the run and force Ben to do this and that, they have a, to me, they'll have a better chance. But if they let Connor get going, the rookie McFadden, you know, snail those guys coming in, picking up three, four yards of pop, Ben's going to be able to just, just they're going to have wide receivers running, running wild all over the place with play action and stuff. So Cleveland got to stop the run and vice versa. Pittsburgh does too. I mean, they got to stop Hunt. Well, I'm glad Chubb's not playing, you know, but they, they got to stop the run too because if Cleveland gets the run run going, that puts that defense in a very bad situation because then that allows Baker a little bit more time and maybe to be get, become comfortable, if you will. Uh, so, so both teams, man, got to stop the run. So Hunt scares me out of the backfield. So, but they got to stop at Pittsburgh. has been really stout against the run this year. So that's what I think, man. Up in the trenches, that's where it has to get done. I don't know about any major narratives uh, to this game outside of, like we said, maybe some talk about the Miles Garrett situation. But other than that, the, the narrative will be at the end of the game. Is Cleveland truly a good a five and one team by beating a four and zero Pittsburgh? Because you know, let's be honest, they really haven't beaten anybody between the two of them. They really haven't, and uh, you know. But at the end of the day, they're still someone's going to be five and one, or someone's going to be five and zero. Oh, and the question will be: Is Cleveland that good, or is Pittsburgh really that good? And the loser of it, are are they overrated? That, that'll be the narrative to me after the game. But I think this week, Pittsburgh gets it done. They will beat Cleveland 30, 31. I'm going 31-24. That's my score. 31-24 Pittsburgh. I'm not really sure how I can pick the Browns in this contest. I really think that the team needs Nick Chubb in order to be successful, especially traveling on the road into your venue. But if there is a way, if there is a glimmer of hope that exists in this universe, I'm becoming more and more confident that Kevin Stefanski is going to do everything that he can in his power to find that way and to deliver that victory to the Cleveland community. We're going to have to see if that can happen this Sunday at 1 p.m. I can't wait. Well, you've been listening to The Mike Doctor. He's one of the three hosts at the Sports Podium. We absolutely appreciate you taking your time to share your thoughts with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Well, before we call this a show, do you have any parting thoughts for us? Do you even think about Cleveland? Do you have any hate for us whatsoever? No, Cleveland is not an afterthought. That team is special. If Baker Mayfield can get it turned around, which I think he will with that new coaching staff, Stefanski, he he's a he's a great coach. And I I have to you know small disclaimer, you know Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator. I grew up with him. He's like family. So I, I, I'm I, listen. Cleveland is a very young football team, but they they're on the brink of being very very special. Um, a lot of nice young talent. So, um, no, Cleveland is not an afterthought. As long as Baker gets it together and plays well, uh, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, it, they can't be an afterthought to anybody. And uh, as far as do I hate them, no. Even the true Steelers fan, I don't hate them. I dislike them, but I don't hate them. I think I hate the Ravens more than the Browns. But, I mean, you guys aren't far away. You're not that far. You're not that far. I don't hate you. I just really, really dislike you guys. 
Well, there's no rivalry in this world without hate. But at least you've given us some hope for the future. Well, with that, we'll put this one in the books. Our guest has been the Mike Doctor. All right, again, man. Hey, I just appreciate you. I, I, I want to thank you again for having me on the show. Again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mike Doctor. That's T H E M I C D R. Follow the Sports Podium podcast if you love hearing uh, sports talk. We talk about everything, like I said, from football to badminton. If you like sports talk, man? Tune into the Sports Podium podcast again, and follow me, the Mike Doc, and the rest of the crew, man. Hey, we appreciate you, fellas. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. Bro, this is excellent work. I really enjoy doing this piece. And I'm hoping against hope that the hatred will be flowing out of Northeast West Virginia come Sunday afternoon. And with that, we'll put this one in the books. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to make Dogs by Nature Radio a part of your day. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I'm your host, Polonius 7 on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care and go Browns. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.